Montel here and welcome to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel and I'm coming to you today from NECAN, the North, sorry, the New England Cannabis Conference in Boston and I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show my only three-time appearing guest on the show. Oh, I you know love that? you, you and I the, love your show, You got man. the third, you are the only person that's been on the show three times. Are you kidding? Mr. Jim Belushi himself, folks. Wow. Come I, on now, give it up. I should get Crowd a screaming. t-shirt the I know, most, I got, you know. You know what? Hey, Keith, Keith, grab me a hat. <laughs> I, I gotta give Jim a hat. He's the three-time winner. There oh, yeah, you go, oh, my brother. Right on there. Oh, three times. There you go. I will. I'll put okay. it on there. Let All me right. do that real quick. All right. Here, so everybody knows three I'm legitimately times. doing it. Three times. Three-time appearing guest. You know, I, I I did Jimmy Kimmel one time. You know, when Jimmy Kimmel started, uh -huh. I had according to Jim on. Wow. And we were both ABC, so I went on a lot to promote the show. Sure. And I was on that show nine times, and they presented me with a coat. Oh, my the most The most guest uh, appearances ever. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. We got to look forward to that. Keith. Yeah. Well, nine. Matthew, at nine, I, I want at, a coat. At nine, he gets a coat. Okay. He'll, he's, he's handling the table while we're doing this, but yeah, for sure. Look, my friend, I want to start off before we even started talking and just, just say, you know, let's let's maybe you and I can both do this. Pay a little homage to the guy who, I you know, I was watching national news yesterday, and it pissed me off. Because they did cover this conference, but nobody's talking about the fact that Raphael Meshulam has passed. The godfather, the grandfather of cannabis, the man who actually discovered THC, the man who actually discovered CBD, the man who actually discovered the fact that through his work in his laboratories in Israel, discovered the fact that we have an endocannabinoid system, along with the people who work with him. He just passed away. Oh, I, I, I didn't no, know that. I, I know, but I, and I, I'm not saying to you like you should have known, but nobody in the country knows. And this is the guy who none of this would be here had it not been for him. None of this would be here. We would not even be thinking about cannabis in the world had it not been for Rafael Michel. Yeah, well, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying that I use once in a while. It goes, uh, when you drink the water... Remember the men who dug the well. Yeah, there you go, and my he, brother. This gentleman dug the well for us to drink the water. Absolutely, and you know, and when you you, you go even further than that, and I, I I'm here today. I'm here talking about the brand that I have. I launched here in Massachusetts. We're going to talk about the fact that you're here in Massachusetts now, um, and and killing it. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, but it, I've had a lot of people come by. I even just had a long discussion with a woman here who's a nurse. Uh, she just got her PhD from University of Maryland. In cannabis, believe it or not, oh. and um, I'm sorry, her master's not PhD, and you know she was just talking to me about well, how come there's not more emphasis put on medical? And I was like, you know, let, let's. I understand what you're saying, but from my perspective, I'm sorry, the idea of recreational versus medical, it's all the same. We yeah, got to stop the noise. I, I was going to say the same thing. It's like. Uh, Absolutely. There, I mean, the only difference between medical and recreational is taxes. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And and the, the 
the consumer, whether they want to admit it or not, are coming to the table. If you made a choice to use cannabis over alcohol, let's say, or over any other form of stimulant, you're making a conscious medical choice on your own. Yeah. Because yeah. almost everybody who goes in and gets it recreationally, they're going in because they want to sleep better. They're going in because they want to relax when they get home. Yeah. They're going in because they, uh, they want to end their anxiety. Come on now. Yeah. That's a medical yeah, it's, reason, it's, right? It's, uh, by the way, you know, I was thinking about when I was a young man and I was drinking. Uh, that was my medicine back then. Yeah. You know, and I think alcohol has, has become the easiest medicine for people to attain. And look, I'm not saying anything bad about people having a drink or two, but, you know, that's poison to Absolutely. your system, and to your family, to. It's know. the most hypocritical thing going on in America today. Yeah. You can walk outside of this, this right here. We're in the convention center. Go down the street. There's a high school down the street. Right across the street from that school, there's a liquor store. Yeah. And but cannabis, you got to be thousands thousand feet away. A thousand feet away from a high school. school. Yeah. Come on with the stupidity. Let me just take this real quick second to make sure I school people and let them know that, you know, Rafael Mishulam has many achievements. He's credited as the first person to synthesize CHC. He was born in Sofia, Bulgaria in 1930 to a Sephardic Jewish family. His family then relocated to Israel where Mishulam studied chemistry. In the early 1960s, while working as a chemist at the Weissman Institute, Mishulam acquired some cannabis material from the Israeli police, believe it or not, uh, yeah. and with the intention of isolating and identifying the psychiatric component for which he did at the time. He's the guy who actually discovered THC. Wow. And it was his lab work with the guys that had worked with him that ended up understanding after they discovered THC, they've tried to figure out what the receptors were that actually were antagonized by THC. That's what actually discovered the entire endocannabinoid system, uh, yeah. which let's make sure we say to people, Folks, this was known in the 1980s. Yeah. Excuse me. Known enough around the world, and especially by the United States government, because our government, your taxpayer dollars, actually funded some of the research that Meshulam did in Israel. Yeah, cool. And then yeah. led to the fact that our government, the same government that right now complains and denies the efficaciousness of cannabis, allowed this same government in 1999 to apply for its own patent on cannabinoids. I know. So Isn't the that U.S. government that claims that cannabis doesn't do anything good, yeah, has a patent. they patented it. I know. And I if know. you look it up, the patent number is 6630507. Look that patent up. And that patent right there, if you read the little thing, it's called the abstract, which is how they identify what the efficacious medical properties are of cannabis. Right. The United States government back in 1999 talked about how efficacious CBD and some of the minor cannabinoids were when it comes to ischemic events, to uh, uh, neurodegenerative disease, to other things. 1999, homie. This yeah. is 2002. Yeah, I know. And we yeah. still got some of these politicians <laughs> saying, well, when they do the right amount of research, well, let me just say that, again, the godfather of cannabis just passed away. And it's a sad day, I think, for cannabis, especially if us as an industry doesn't not we don't acknowledge it. But it's a sad day because this is the guy who has been since day one has been demanding that more and more research be done towards cannabis. And this guy, he received NIDAs, you know, the National Department of Drug. You know, these are the guys right. who, who fight drugs. They gave him their, their highest award, the Discovery Award, back in nineteen in twenty eleven. Wow. Recognizing how profound the research was that he was doing on cannabis. The same government again 
that denies its viability. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, 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 I know. Yeah, man. I like it's terrible, man. I, I mean, I was talking yesterday about, you know, in Illinois, uh, they collected $400 million in uh, taxes on cannabis. Right. And in Illinois, the same year, they collected $278 million in liquor taxes. There you go. I mean, uh, it, we're, the, the war on drugs is is continuing. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, I will bet you that if we if you look at the numbers, I'll bet you that the number of people who were arrested in Illinois for simple possession in the wrong places hasn't gone down. California is still arresting people. California. Yeah, I know. You know, all over America, where we now have, what, 37, 38 states in the District of Columbia, we have some sort of legal cannabis legislation. But you know what? Those I, states are still uh, arresting uh, people. I think the DUIs have gone down, though. The DUIs have most <laughs> definitely, and I think research has now validated that. It was also validated back in, mm, I think, 1998, 99. Uh, Clinton administration, when McCaffrey was a drug czar, they had commissioned a study back then. And I think it was, and don't quote me on this, folks. I know, don't write me say, no, you're wrong, Mattel. <laughs> I think it was the University of San Diego that did it. They did a study back in 1999 that confirmed that cannabis, people who smoke cannabis are more efficient and pay closer attention when they are driving. Yes, Probably the only problem is to drive slow. a little slower. There yes. you go. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. What are you, smoking a ball? That's come right, because you're doing man. this. You're doing this. <laughs> yeah, you're, sure. you're watching. You're focused. That's right, focused. You know, I, that's why I think, you know, that, that cannabis is, uh, is makes you, like, lazy or not focused oh, or shit. dumb. It's the opposite. It kind of, you know, especially if you're doing, you know, certain certain types of strains, very focusing. How about if it was good enough for Albert Einstein? Let's talk about a guy who wasn't lazy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look, there's there's, uh, Elon Musk. There's Jeff Bezos. You can go through a list of very successful, smart people who are cannabis users. Correct. So it doesn't make you lazy. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that's so so funny about that. You know what makes you lazy? What's that? You. There you go. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's, what's funny about it is that when you look at the people that you just enumerated, you know, people don't understand cannabis has literally shifted out of the demographic, not completely, but the demographics of cannabis has shifted along with our aging population. It has now become a a baby boomer drug. I mean, why is all the states passing laws? Because the baby boomers are finally in positions of authority. So I'm at a dinner. I'm at a a dinner, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, My mother-in-law, my my wife, my former wife, Mm -hmm. at the time was out of town, and my mother-in-law invited me to her house. She's 82. Gotcha. Because she thought I'd be lonely. And she had, uh, there were three couples there, and they were all like 79 to 84 and me. (laughs) Okay. Uh, These guys are red state guys. They have, you know, Fox News blowing on the TV extra loud because they can't hear. And I'm really scared that that me being in cannabis, she's going to bring up and they're going to, you know, dump on you. Trying to crucify you, right, yep. She brings it up. I go, uh-oh. They all turn to me and go, you know, I golf and my hands hurt. Come on, Is that man. something I can put on my hands? And one guy goes, I was an Olympic athlete. My shoulders, the one, the one woman goes, you know, do you have something that helps me sleep? And the other yeah. woman goes, I just want to feel good. Yeah. I mean, I had to go back to my house and my little pharmacy of gifts that people give yeah. me. 
and I brought it back to the table. And these people are now my best friends because they're like, where can I get? I go to a dispensary, you know, but uh, it doesn't matter if you're conservative, you're, you're liberal, you're anywhere in between. Medicine crosses the board. Cannabis crosses the board. People have to understand there's no right left when it comes to cannabis. No. It's all the same. Take a look at what happened on uh, January 6th. You know, that was a, that was a capital that was, was assaulted and there was a lot of cannabis being smoked by those who were assaulting the Capitol. A lot of people don't know that. They don't oh, report it. Oh, come on now. Was, there, there were congressmen who were complaining about the fact that the place reeked of cannabis. Really? The only, thing, the only thing that the North and South had in common during the Civil War, guess what? They were all clothed in hemp. <laughs> and then how about when the war ended? Let's go back to 1988. I'm sorry, 1888, 1890, 95. Go to any library across America, open up a newspaper, go back to it. You got to do it now on those little, little microfiche. Oh, yeah, all right, microphone. Go, go back and look at the classified section in newspapers in the turn of the century. There are probably, every newspaper you pick up will have 60 to 70 different cannabinoid-based tinctures that people were using. Why? Because yeah, yeah. after the Civil War, we had more disfigured and maimed, yeah. disabled yeah, I, saw, I saw a little bottle of cannabis from 1929 that said uh, E.I. Uh, e. Lilly. Absolutely. Yeah, they every, were... co- every company in the United States, every most doctors in the United States back then recognized the medicinal properties of cannabis. Yes. But it wasn't just in the 1800s, my brother. Let's go back to 1690. Let's go back to 1650. Do you know when this country first started, you could pay your taxes with hemp. Ooh. How about the fact that there's literature out there right now that is showing that several of our forefathers, first off, not several, all of them grew it. Because why? Every sail, every rope, every sheet, most right. of the clothing, right. all the bedding right. was all made from hemp. Yeah. How about, let's look at George Washington, yeah. Super Mason. All the tents that the Masons were in were hemp. And let me just stop, you for, stop myself for a second, but you know that one of the biggest... You know, uh, uh, rituals in in the masonry right now. When you go to a mason's place, they walk through and they use incense. All right. uh, excuse me. Back in the day, they were going through and blowing a little hemp through there. Yeah, so yeah. All. How the hell do you think people sat around and said, "All men are created equal"? Was that because they were drinking liquor? Or was that because they were smoking a little pot? <laughs> Come on now. And we can also take a look at this. I'll give you another one. Another little historical fact. When they finally moved. Benjamin Franklin's desk at the Smithsonian Institute and redid his display. One of the people there literally took one of his pipes off of his desk, scraped it out and tested it. And guess what old Ben was smoking? How the hell do you think you go outside in a fucking lightning storm and fly a yeah, right. on it? Yeah, yeah, you gotta, on, be little, you gotta be a little, you gotta be a little. I bet that'll work. Yeah, 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 you gotta be, you know what I mean? It puts you on a journey of imagination and Absolutely. creativity, man. Absolutely. Sure, sure. The country was built on hemp. I mean, we, we lie to ourselves thinking that this company was, country was built on tobacco and cotton. No, it was not. It was built hemp, on hemp. hemp. We were the biggest, know. one of the biggest distributors yeah, of hemp around the world. Angelo is like so up on the hemp right now. He Absolutely. wants to redo, he wants to use hemp in clothing, everything. Again. He's we know, really got a movement for it. We know that hemp has probably 2,500 uh, different distrib- uh, uh, uses. We can, right now, they've just proven in the last three or four years, there are several publicly traded companies on the New York Stock Exchange Right now, who are looking into 
taking the bark, taking some of the, the harder biological material, if you burn it down to a graphene, it has a greater electrical storage capability than graphite. Really? You should be making a greater electrical storage capability than some of these nickel cadmium batteries that we're producing. If you just use hemp, if we took hemp right now, and think about it, you're in the Northeast right now. As you, you think it would help me with my iPhone battery? Oh, it would, it would probably change the whole world when it comes to iPhone batteries. Right, that damn battery runs out in the middle of the day on all me. the time. Damn it! It's so crazy. Crazy. I mean, they stick some CBD into that battery pouch on well, the iPhone. Guess what? There are companies right now that are producing batteries. Of course, we know of Hempcrete. We know of Hemp Fabric. We know that hemp can be used as a hemp plastic. Yeah, yeah. And that is more biodegradable than any yeah, form sure. of plastic there is on the planet. As yeah. a matter of fact, you make it, throw freaks it in the ground, out. six months later, it's gone. Plastic freaks me out. And also, we could be, we should be going back to the same techniques of growing that we used back in the 1600s to 1700s. Most people don't know, if you were an apple farmer or you were a fruit farmer, you grew hemp along with in the same field sure. that you grew your apples because sure. it leaches all the impurities out sure. of the soil. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Well, come on, my brother. Let's go back and talk a little bit. Since the last time you were here, what's been the big changes at Belushi Farm since the last time we spoke? Oh, well, you know, uh, I'm doing the show, uh, Growing Belushi yes. on Discovery. Right. Uh, third we, season going to start, uh, right? Third season is, uh, I'm going to tell you, yep. a little early. When does this air? This will probably air within the next two weeks. Oh, okay. So I can yep. tell you. Yes, sir. Uh, April 5th okay. is the launch of season three. It's going to be 5th. six episodes. Discovery Channel, right? Discovery Channel and Discovery Plus and, you know, Discovery just bought Warner Brothers. So we may even get on HBO Max by the end of the year. Come on with yeah, your bad self. man. It's the only cannabis show on TV right now. So, um. Well, doesn't that, doesn't that kind of just, doesn't bother you at all? The fact that the industry is still trying to play this silly sideline game? Uh, it does. And by the way, when I originally pitched this show, I pitched it to a lot of different uh, venues and, you know, different streamers and so on. And they were all frightened to do a cannabis show because of the, you know, FCC and the licensing and the federal, uh, the federal statutes, you know, they were going to lose their license. And I got to give Discovery... A props here because they took the risk with my there show. Yeah, definitely give them and, a props. And uh, they were nervous about it, but uh, boy, they got uh, advertisers to buy time. So what the hell? So we're doing very well. Our first season jumped thirty uh, percent in viewership uh, for the second season, and we're hoping this year we got a double order, six episodes. Uh, we hope it goes a little bit farther. So. And I think it will. I think what's happening is that we're starting to see, well, it, it, depending on the national poll, you look at some polls, anywhere from 78 to 92% of the public believes that we should just decriminalize. By the way, and Republican and Democrat. That's right. Across the board. This yeah. is Medicine the, c cuts everybody right, absolutely. right to fairness. You know? When you see a family member suffering, all you want that's to do is all, relieve the pain. You know what? You, that's really what does it, is that, you know, everybody knows somebody who's suffering. Absolutely. And everybody gets to a point where they're desperate with their suffering. You know, they're done taking et cetera and extra strength for their migraines. They're done taking opiates. And, and what is the next? Well, they start hearing it and they try it. And then you see a relative who's had success. And no matter how conservative you are, you go, I'm going to try. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing that's so weird about it, though, is that you still have the medical community, which won't even teach 
the endocannabinoid system. You know, it's I, like I, ignorance. I, it's there's like this beautiful, beautiful woman, Dr. Rachel Knox out of Portland, who's just, you know, she's, she's just terrific. Uh, she gives, by the way, she gives one of the best explanations of the endocannabinoid system uh, in a TED Talk. Got it's it. like a 15-minute TED Talk sure. where she really explains it for everyone to understand. Uh, she, I forgot my point. No, no, no. we were talking about the endocannabinoid system and, and the fact that schools don't even teach it right now. Yeah, She said that, you know, all the seminars that she goes to for doctors. Right. She goes, I'll go to 10 of them and not, they don't have one seminar about cannabis. They do, the Doctors do not understand what cannabis is. Correct. They don't know how to, even if they can't prescribe it, they can always recommend it and they won't. So hopefully, and you know where I really want it to open up is in the VA hospitals. Absolutely. You know, because I'm, that, I'm, these yeah. poor guys, man, and these women that are suffering so bad and they give them bottles of Oxycontin for their PTSD. and uh, These guys, they, yes. they need to, this VA. The VA and NFL have got to wake up about what is going on with cannabis and the medical properties of the healing that body. All they got to do is go back to read and, and pull up 660 6630507. Pull it up, look at it. It'll tell you what's going on in their body and tell you that we knew back in 1999 a way that we could at least stem the tide of degenerative And we're moving diseases. that way. You know, we're getting there. I mean, look at, look at this convention here. Yep. I think look George, at MJ Biz. Yes. It's just growing every year, and, and, and it's just getting more and more popular. Like you said, 92% of the people in the United States are starting to wake up to it so we're moving we're moving i think we are headed that direction but i, I am i am i want it now i, I want it now also <laughs> but i'm also one of those those people who are a little jaded I, i'll tell you why i'm jaded because you know you look at the way bitter all i'm bitter and I'm angry bitter. You look, I'm at the, bitter. look at the way all the states <laughs> right now are passing some of the states are passing some of these laws they are making some of this so ridiculously impossible uh, to overcome. Look what just happened in Georgia. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. that's the, the war on drug continues, but now it's like a legal, a legal war. Overtaxation and overregulation yep. is just making it so difficult to to have success, and that it's actually increasing the black market instead of you know making the black market disappear. And it's also getting ready to to take us out of the position of leadership in the world on cannabis and yep. put us as, as one of the third, fourth, fifth down the rung. I mean, you take a look at what's going on in South Africa. Take a look at what's going on in Colombia. Take a look at what's going on in Argentina. Take a look at what's going on in Chile. You know, in Colombia, there's, there's one company down there has got, a, ready for this? A million hectares of property yes. licensed to grow hemp and cannabis yes. in South Africa. They have a close to a South million Africa and a half. South Africa is coming on real coming strong. Coming on strong. Yeah. Uh, you know, Israel still is. Isle yeah. of Man, Germany. Yeah. You know, it's all across the world. And, and But I hope that this this movement that's going on in India right now doesn't, I'm just saying, we hope that it doesn't catch on the way it should, because if it does, they could have close to a billion acres wow. of hemp being grown. China's wow. already, you know, most people don't understand that when the United States government outlawed hemp 1937 Marijuana Tax Act, from 37 to about mm, 65, 66, 
the Chinese were growing more hemp than anybody else in the world. And they continue to go ahead and grow on now. So they're doing it now. They're the ones who are providing the hemp for rope and stuff when America's backed out of it. So, you know, we're about to get eclipsed by China, by South Africa, by Colombia. You know, we don't even... You know, cannabis was always a a political argument. It's just like every time, I mean, even, uh, you know, Camilla... Okay, San Francisco in California when she was the state's attorney, she, she would, put more people correct. behind jail for cannabis for one reason, one reason alone, and that is stats. I fight crime. Look at these stats, and she's using these on the backs of these poor growers and cannabis users, using those stats in order to create you know her popularity for political motivation. And any time for in, in the last you know decades. When there's an election, you see people getting arrested for cannabis. Yep. Because that, I fight crime, and that's yet, part of yet, while she, give you. Yet while she was running, yeah. she also had the nerve to go on a you know very popular radio show and claim, well, I've smoked cannabis myself a couple of times, and we're going to do something in the first 100 days to change law. Yeah, well. Uh, we have the 300 days. No, we're 200 some days right now, more than that. We yeah. went at 600 some days right now, and they still haven't done anything. Well, you know, the, the big joke was, you know, I was talking about yesterday, that, that was, uh, I'm going to release all federal prisoners for possession. Yeah, with 51 of them? Was, was that many? I, I thought it, it was zero. I mean, it may be, it may be like, I think it's like 51. Yeah. Well, they, they may not even have them now anymore. I um, mean, th- th- there's no federal, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Is, it, is this Camilla here? Yep. I'll just show you. I've had I had extensive conversations with her. You see who's with her. Oh. Camilla, come on, baby. You're going to wake up now. Let me just explain something to you. Before she became the uh, uh, secretary, before the attorney general in California, she was, she started off as an assistant DA. Right. I was... In San Francisco, right? Uh, in San Francisco. I was dating her at the time. Oh, you were? Absolutely. And helped. She's hot. I, I helped her, actually, because I did a lot of work for her campaign to make her the district attorney. And then actually had some people contribute pretty heavily into her campaign to be the attorney general. She promised me during our relationship that if she were to ascend to any position of authority, this would be something she would work on immediately. Yeah, but on the and, other hand, she was busting people. And correct, busting people. And yet, well, I just say that we... Yeah, well, you broke up. We broke up. And I'm not... I, <laughs> Over and, cannabis, I hope. <laughs> no, no, but, you know, I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, I was not going to stop my cannabis use. Yeah, so, right. You know, I mean, and, I'm, and I'm dating a, a girl like, now that wants me to stop smoking cigars. Canceled, Sorry, homie. Done. That's Sorry, it. baby. Yeah, it's go. all I got left. Absolutely. Give me a break. You know, I'm losing my hair. I'm losing my knees. I'm like, you know, I'm not drinking alcohol. Give me my cigar, girl. Sure, here you go. <laughs> now, what's been what surprises you the most on a regular basis about this business now, though? Now that you've been in it, you're in it, you're in it to win it, but a little bit more difficult than you thought it was going to be, right? Yeah. You know, I got fooled into the, uh, the gold rush, you know. Yep. Uh, it's it's really a tough business. It's really a tough business. And the margins of, you know, it, it, 
it's a commodity, man. And when they overgrow, everything drops. It, it makes, the margins are so tough, especially in farmers and families. I was surprised at how fast it turned. Yeah, well, you know, for me, I, I think it, it, it's part of a testament to what this industry has not done that it should be doing. Is it's like, I mean, I, I would almost hope that maybe you could help lead the way to getting us to start talking to each other again. Because, I mean, we're sitting here on a floor of a convention. You got, you know, I'm in booth number 200. There is probably 300 booths here. Conversations that the suppliers and the vendors are having with each other. Mm, more interested in how can they make money off of you rather than how can we come together and stem the tide yeah. and change the trajectory. We need to kind of go back to the advocacy a little bit more than we are and have been, I believe, over the next couple of years because that's really what's going to make a difference. We were talking about what's going on in colleges. You know, University of Maryland now has a program for cannabis. Washington, I think it's, it's Washington University has one. It's popping up. Illinois has another one in the, the state of Illinois. Uh, I just entered into uh, Georgia with my brand. In Georgia, Georgia State, several of the traditional, historically black universities are now part of that program, actually doing testing, uh, running uh, 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 different uh, studies for different people who are down there or actually starting to move the process. So we're going to see that happen. But I think what we need to do is kind of get this industry to recognize that until we all come together and realize that a live, or what the rising tide lifts all boats, we're all going to be stuck at the port. We're all going to be stuck yeah, at the Yeah, but I'm telling you what's at the port. And the, the, what's at the port is over-regulation, over-taxation. Absolutely. How do we come as a community and get get them to understand? My, my brother, I mean, that's it, it, it's more simple than we think. Let's remember, 2021, this industry sold $25 billion of legal cannabis medication in America. That's more than milk. Ah. Milk only sold $19 billion worth of product in all of the grocery stores in America. That's huh. more than energy drinks. Huh. Energy drinks all sold $23 billion. Okay, $25 billion, yes. The states took an inordinate amount of taxes out of this. However, yes. there are a lot of people who got in the industry who decided to take a lot of their money and buy a lot of things other than come together. If we had just done what the pharmaceutical industry does, Big Pharma does, they come together as a <laughs> industrial organization and what do they do? They, they inundate, price gouge. They, they price gouge, <laughs> but they also inundate your television yeah. with every five minutes. We walk out well, here right now. you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do you a can't. brand, but you can do education. Well, that was how, uh, that's part of my show, Growing Belushi. Absolutely, which is really uh, phenomenal. Which is part of the education and funny, by the way. You right. know, we try to keep it light and fun, but it's part of the education for people to understand, if they can see where it's growing, what you're using, nutrients you're using, and how safe and clean the testing is, they can start to feel safe about what they're consuming. Absolutely. And I think this show is helping put that out there to the audiences that saw According to Jim or you know, Curly Sue or whatever. They go, oh, Belushi. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and every now and then if you throw in, you know, every year now, I mean, one of the biggest pushbacks from most legislators is the fact that not enough research has been done. Bullshit. In the last two years alone, there's been over 3,500 peer-reviewed, studied, peer-reviewed, published documents on cannabis. Those are things you we can talk about. Hard, though, you know what's hard, though, is that there, one strain will affect you a certain Correct. way, and one strain will affect me a certain way. 
how do we do the, the testing where there's a consistency so you have the same effect? I mean, you know, it's, you, it's never, you'll never, never have the same that, right? effect because of everybody's endocannabinoid system, system is different. However, you can guide them. You can guide them. We do know that CBG, what? Yeah. And now the acid versions of all of these cannabinoids have a better cellular permeability. We know that. So if we started shifting over and making sure that, you know, we start creating opportunities for people to be able to ingest more CBDA. A lot of people don't know about CBDA. Come on, brother. CBDA is what's found in the leaves. If you cold press the leaves, if you juice the leaves, and then there's a way to mic to nanoparticle that, dry it in a powder form so it becomes stable. You can then go back and put that CBDA into any liquid that you want and consume it. 75% more bioavailable than any CBD that's sold in the marketplace today. But what does that what does that A do? What are the, what's the results we of do the body? Under, we're, we're understanding, okay, we look at again, what is the endocannabinoid system all about? Right. People don't understand those are listening in right now. You have what, for lack of a better term, let's call it a secondary sympathetic nervous system. We have receptors in our brain and in all of our peripheral organs. The brain is CBD1. I'm sorry, is CB1 connectors or or uh, receptors for the brain, right? for the brain. And CB2, CB2 for the brain. Right. Now, we do have some CB2 in the brain. What we understand is that cannabinoids actually affect those. They... They scratch them really hard. Let's just explain that. Let's say it scratches those connectors really hard, making our bodies produce our own endocannabinoids. Those endocannabinoids are anandamide and something called 2-AG. Those two chemicals are the only two chemicals that actually run retroactively in our nervous system. Let me explain it to you. Let's say you walk out of here and you kick your toe on something really bad. Right. Ah, shit. The toe went, ah. Right, right. Okay, well, your brain starts flooding that area with white blood cells. Right. Anandamide says to your brain, it goes back the other way. It says, slow down. Enough. Enough. We got enough. We Don't got it swell under control. It up. Don't blow it up. Don't make the other yeah, It's thing. almost like a blocker, right? Correct. It's if you want to want to call it something really cool, it's like, you know, the Goldilocks zone. It helps your cells be not too hot, not too cold. But just right. That's what that whole term uh, cellular homeostasis means. Not too hot, not too cold, operating just right. When we're operating just right, our body's immune system, autoimmune system, will then operate at peak proficiency and lessen the opportunity for other things to actually affect us. Boy, I just want to operate all right in life. I mean, Don't just, I? Yeah, I do too. I, 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 I do either too. run really hot or really cold. Correct. And a little bit of, the, of my cherry pie that I smoke once in a while makes me operate just right. Have you have you done a COA on that? A certificate of analysis? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, when you do, next time you do it, go down and look at that COA right. and look at all the levels of terpenes. Yeah, it's, no, it's, I, that's my main thing. The reason I like my cherry pie, it's got about 3% terpenes, and there's some little limonene in it. There you go. A teeny bit of mercine in it. There you go. Uh, yeah, I got another string, Captain Jack. It's like 5, 5.2% terpenes. Okay. It's huge. There you go, and that's probably about, what's making that difference for you. Well, the two-thirds of it is uh, mercine. There you go. And uh, that, that'll knock you on the couch. But it's a good body, you know. Absolutely. It's good for the body relaxation. So, so, I mean, but that's the thing. People need to understand when they go to a dispensary, you need to kind of back up for a second, 
read a little bit more, study a little bit more, yeah. understand what terpenes do. Yeah. And then when you walk in there, you want to look for products. By the way, most of those bud tenders know. Yeah, they, they know. Do. I mean, yeah, they absolutely. wouldn't be there if they didn't know the difference between, you know, the endocannabinoid system, the right. CBD, the THC, and the terpenes, and what terpenes do. I mean, some of them have great charts with uh, all the different terpenes and the results of them. And, yep. But you do have to study it. You have to study it and know it for yourself because yeah. if you go and have one particular brand and say, oh man, I felt great with that. Well, then you want to probably go back, look at that terpene profile, look at that COA and see if they have, because again, every single grow, every time we do a new grow, a new batch, the terpenes are slightly different. Yeah, they're different. A little bit different. So you want to try to find something that's closer to what you've actually become accustomed to or what you like. Now, you you literally, you, you, you hit on it. you got a couple really good brands that are out now. You moved them here into Massachusetts area, right? Uh, yes. Uh, we actually are bringing the cherry pie here. Um, we're bringing, uh, you know, tissue culture uh, to, to Massachusetts. We got the lemon baton is really great. There's a butterscotch we got. But there's Captain Jack, which I am uh, still kind of trying to... It's an old strain from yes. 1972 right. from uh, Afghanistan. And so she's a little... She needs a little help. Right. So uh, I got to stabilize her a little bit more. Then I'm bringing the Captain Jack. And then we're on search. In, in Growing Belushi, we go to Big Sur to search for the... Big Sur Holy Week. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. I, we found it. Oh, wow. Uh, it's like the original OG stuff from like the 60s, you know. If you, if you, if you, as, as you're doing your search, go down to Kentucky, sniff around. A lot of people don't understand this. The biggest cannabis bust in America took place in Kentucky. Really? Not in Humboldt County, Kentucky. Back in the 40s and 50s, they had something called the Cornbread Mafia which was some of the, in the early 60s, some of the biggest cannabis distributors and growers in America. Really? They outgrew Humboldt County. They've got some strains down there. If you go and take a look at some of the seeds down there, they've got a lot of strains down there that came in from Afghanistan, came right. in from Turkestan right. way, way, way back in the day. And some of those seeds down there are still some of them. I, I'm telling you. You know, I got to talk to my friend Mojave, who's, you know, he went to Amsterdam for 15 sure. years. And he did a lot of hybriding uh, 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 there mm -hmm. of the different, like, Tanzanian, Chunga. I, was, I, I went to Amsterdam uh, 2021, I don't know, 2001, 02, 03, probably five times a year. I literally helped participate in some of the, the, the World Cannabis Cup stuff back then. I was traveling around. One of my <laughs> One of my favorite strains of all time. And you can still find some of the seeds here. They're pretty much adulterated. They've been overgrown a little yeah. bit. But if you go and look in, in Portland, there's a couple places up there that still have them. Some of the old original White Rhino, White Widow. Strings. Oh, the White Widow. If you go back wow. to White Widow, you know, a lot of people don't know, White Widow was then crossbred with a couple of other strains that ended up becoming what is primarily, I think right now, Blue Dream. Oh. So what we think is Blue Dream I was think originally it was in that White Widow. Yeah, and you know that's a strain. That's a that's a really powerful strain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm, I, you I'm know, I, I'm I'm looking for the the strain that, you know, I, I don't smoke a lot. Right. I kind of microdose it. I literally take one hit at a time. Sure. And I'm looking for something where I can still, 
communicate with people, still have that energy, uh, you know, get a little, have fun. Absolutely. You know? Well, you know, when I've started doing, like, the, and I want you to tell me about your brand that's here in Mass. I'm here in Mass right now. I have a proprietary brand of formulated vape carts where I am putting CBD, THC, and particular terpenes together in the same cart, one gram cart. So I've got uh, uh, one of my SKUs is called Energy. It's running about, by volume, it's running about 90% THC, 5% CBD, and the other 5% terpenes. And See, that, those, that's yeah, a great, that, that's perfect. If you, when you get up here next time, stop by, I'm, I'm in 40 different dispensaries. If you grab one, because of that little bit of, just that little bit of CBD on the top, yeah. you can still get the euphoria that you want. It'll launch you to the moon. Right. However, it takes the jitters off. Yeah, I, mean, I don't off. want the jitters, right? Man. I don't want. I got jitters in real life. Right. Uh, Why do you want to get high? I want to take. Absolutely. I want to get the jitters down, baby. There you go, my friend. Yeah. yeah. So I have that one, and I have a calm. I have a relax, and I also have a snooze. My snooze. I just added CBN. Yeah. That's, and CBC. Yeah. Together with CBD and THC, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter. Oh, quarter, quarter, rip, quarter. Rip. See, I want to develop a one to one to one because that well, that's what the I, THC, CBD, and CBN seems to really help people drift off into the. I got that. I got that right now. And and now there's, I believe, the same way I'm doing it with oil. I can do it with flour. Huh, yeah. Especially if you get really good. And there's some quality growers up here right now that are starting to really grow and develop out CBG. As a higher component, I mean, you right. know, all you do is just, just harvest a little earlier. And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, if you juice it, if you juice it straight up and juicing the leaves, because a lot of people think, you know, no, we throw off. the leaves out. Oh, my brother, come on now. There's an entire vertical coming out of San Diego, a company called Juiceteva. Don't, don't throw them away. <laughs> Get yourself a press and start pressing that. It, press it, right? And then you got to. Work with your 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 biologist to make sure that they can keep it stable because CBD does CBDA has a chance to come out of stability. Yeah, and it'll just turn into CBD. Won't be as bioavailable. Right, right, right. But when you do CBDA by CBDA by itself, yeah, I mean that's ninety percent with You know, it's like you know, fucking wine. You, the longer you hold it, the better it gets. Correct. Cannabis. The longer you hold it, the more it disintegrates into different components. And- yeah. So you got to keep an eye on it. You yeah. got to make sure you pay attention to where you store it, where you keep it. Yeah. yeah so yeah, okay. Yeah. So now you're you're in Massachusetts. Where are you planning on going next? Are you are you going to be able to, uh, and, you know, to explain to people? This is a nightmare in this industry. If you want to be able to take a brand and cross state lines, every state you go into, you have to find a contract manufacturer. And then yes. you have to find new growers. And then you have to figure out, okay, yeah, is that, you know, uh, uh, OG. They know what this, they're doing, yeah. You know, is the OG that you got, is that a seed from California? And you made that OG. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, I'm, I'm in about 12 different states now. Gotcha. Uh, and, you know, we vetted everybody. I've gone through a lot of grows, a lot of different growers. And I, I think I found some really great partners in these states. And right here, local roots uh, in Massachusetts, they're doing a Great job manufacturing uh, this brick hash that we just released, cool. and it, oh, I just love it. It's like an old school hash, man. Right. Uh, so uh, we're we're developing more SKUs uh, with the uh, local roots. We got our flour, we got the uh, uh, joints, and now we're moving to uh, edibles. We already have the Blues Brothers ice cream with oh, wow. five 
five grams. Gravy and a pint? Uh, a little pint. Yeah, no, that's a cool. little dessert. You know? There you go. Come uh, on now. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing very well in Massachusetts right now. I just hope the state stays stable and doesn't turn into California and Michigan and Colorado and Oregon where the commodity is just the price just drops right. and it's hard for people to to make a living Absolutely. anymore. The law is just killing us. Killing yeah, us. That's, that's all over the guy. Well, but you know, and and here, see, you don't I, I, I know your brain won't take you there, but for me, I'm gonna tell you, I think that's all deliberate. Rather than being something that's just happened by happenstance. Push the taxes up as high as you can. Give out as many more licenses as you can to adulterate the marketplace yeah, so I nobody can make money. I, 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 I don't think it's deliberate to, to hurt us. I think it's deliberate because they got greedy. Right. I think they're like, all right, you want to grow cannabis? You got to pay. Right. And they just got greedy. I think the states are just getting greedy. Absolutely. And you know what they've done is they've gotten they, they greedy their ass into a black market situation. Yes. Where now that they can then incarcerate more and more people. Well, well that's true. I didn't think about that. But, so that's I mean, true. It, but you know, they had to figure out some way to do this. You were losing out on, on revenue for these privately owned <laughs> We're gonna you know, make prisons. you pay and put and you lock out your ass up. In and put you in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Bitter. But, I'm bitter. I I am. I'm a bitter I'm guy. Bitter guy. <laughs> I hear my talk goes bitter again, and I'm not trying to be that way. You, you know what they me. say. Yeah. What doesn't kill you makes you bitter. There you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> Not better. Bitter. Yeah, Absolutely. Bitter. <laughs> For sure. What's your long-term vision though right now? What do you think? Uh, God, I just got divorced, so I'm uh, looking for a... No. Uh, uh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, go ahead. Throw yeah, it out. Yeah, throw yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. If you just, you know, you can, you can subscribe and hit that little comment section down here. Yeah, right. Send me comments. Say, yeah. Jim, I got a girl for you. Yeah, no, I, I got a girl for you. No, I'm kidding. Um... I don't even know. I'm, you know, this industry is. I'm just kind of in the journey with it. it. Uh, you know, emotionally, spiritually, and business-wise, uh, I just want to break even. Gotcha. That, that's my vision: break even and affect as many people as you can with some healing. You know, I, as I was saying yesterday, you know, as an entertainer, my job was to make people feel good. Absolutely. And so I feel like I'm on purpose in the cannabis industry because what I'm doing is trying to make people feel good. Right. Physically, spiritually, you know, emotionally. Absolutely. Well, my friend, I can't thank you enough. Oh, man. You know, it's always we, a we joy always to be with you. You know, I, I, I'll slide. If I get to California, I'm going to come by and say hi. I don't, you don't have to put me on the show or anything, but uh, I'll just come by and be you, a part, man. man, for sure. Thank you. And I got and my I'm, hat. You got your hat. Remember, I still owe you a meal. Remember. Yep. I'll take that. You know that. I, I, mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I, uh, I have a little bit of a different take on how to infuse, especially if you have, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, man, I'm telling you, 20 years ago, I was making butter in my apartment in Manhattan. 20 really? years ago, I was baking in my apartment. Then I started to realize, okay, yeah, baking, it's okay. However, once you get above 125 degrees, you start destroying some of the terpenes. You start destroying some of the phytocannabinoids. So what I started doing. By the way, that's the same. That's the same in uh, vegetables. Absolutely, absolutely. You, know, you go up past 100. I think it was 125. 125, 118, right? So yeah. So instead, what I do now is I like I'll take oil or I'll take some some butter. I don't want to heat it up a second time because I've already adulterated it. Right. So why not if I get a good cold press? 
or good oil. Why not after I cook? Let's say I make, make a nice piece of salmon. I'll take my oil, infuse it in a marinade that is a post-cooking marinade. Oh. So I take my food out of the oven. It's going to come down from that 245 or 425 degrees because I quick cooked it. Let it get to about 200. Then I pour that marinade over. By the time I set it on the table in front of you to eat, it's down to probably 85 degrees. I didn't burn off some of those extra phytocannabinoids. So I'm oh, going to get that That's a great way to do flavor. it. Stop. I try to get people, stop putting it in the oven, stick it in the frying pan, trying to infuse it. All you're doing is baking off the cannabinoids. Yeah. Right. Well, you know the ice cream, that Blues Brothers ice cream we do? There you go. We, we actually put flour in it. There you go. We don't put butter, oil, nothing. It's just like, it's, you know, it's like a half a joint worth of flour. There you go. And we have a way of mixing it where you never taste the flour, but you taste the, you know, the orange whip of gotcha. the <laughs> sure. Ice cream. That's great. So, and, and, it, and it gets you, you know, the place you want to be. It'll do what you want. Yeah. So I got to thank you, sir, for being here and being our first number three guest or our third time guest on the show. And make sure all you understand, you can keep tuning in. You want to see the entire interview with Jim um, and catch Growing Belushi. April, April 5th. 5th. April 5th. You heard it here. Come on, on now. Discovery. Absolutely. And make sure you tune in the next edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.